This week on the Backtable Podcast. I def- definitely, I, I felt earlier on, and I think all physicians, there, there, is some, there is something to like, you do owe the public something, I think. You work for the public in a, as a sense, as a, as a physician, and there's a public health aspect of it. I think you, you do owe people some understanding of what it is that you do because, because you have the, I mean, physicians are skilled people. We have skills, we can share things, we can communicate effectively. And, you know, the tools are there, you know, the microphone is right there. The, the cameras are right there in our, in our pockets. So I think we do owe it to people to, you know, let them know what, what's going on. And I know there's a lot of interested people. I know, I, I know what, when I post videos as, as uh, minute as they may seem, but they, they do touch people and people do contact and say, hey, that, that helped me. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Backtable Podcast, your source for all things IR and endovascular. You can find all previous episodes of our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and Backtable.com. This is Aaron Fritz returning as your host this week, and I'm very excited to introduce our guest today, Dr. Sorel Gar. Well, welcome, Sorel. Really excited to have Sorel on the, on the show today because, you know, for those of you who aren't familiar with his YouTube channel, He's over the last several years, I'd say uh, it looks you can correct me, but the last what six years you've been working on it? Yeah, about 2014. Yeah. 2014. Yeah. Very, very prolific. Lots of videos in the hundreds, I guess. Do you have an exact count on it? No, I have not. I didn't even know it was over 100. Yeah. And 16,500 subscribers, which is also very impressive. And so I wanted to have you on the show today just to talk about, you know, this sort of non-traditional medical education that that's happening nowadays with uh, social yeah. media using, you know, YouTube, Twitter, LinkedIn. We're seeing a lot of it. And, and since you've been doing it for a little while now, I think it'd be good to have you on the show to inspire others to even, uh, you know, participate more or at least get, get the most out of uh, what's out there. And so I wanted to start off with uh, asking a little bit about your background. You know, give me, you know, an idea where you're at and also kind of delve into what inspired the idea to start the channel. Sure. Sure. Well, thanks a lot, Aaron, for having me on the Back Table podcast and I uh, really appreciate the opportunity. Right now, basically, I'm working as an employed interventional radiologist for 250-bed hospital. <clears throat> so, yeah, I practice IR with two other partners and um, I actually practice in the town I grew up in. So I have some familiarity with the hospital and healthcare system. And uh, it's, a, it's a nice setup. I do basically 100% IR, but I also do uh, diagnostic kind of as, as much as I, it's up to me kind of. So I keep up with CTAs and other cross-sectional imaging. And um, it's a nice opportunity right now and I'm close to my family. So that's, that's what's going on for me professionally. As far as the origins of the channel, as far as like the idea of how to, how to start the channel. Yeah, basically it started, it started back in residency and it was basically... You know, yeah, it's about, it about education and kind of, you know, not knowing what was going on and, uh, you know, starting radiology, which um, I thought was just such a challenging field to start off. You know, basically most, most students in medicine, I think are pretty, pretty intelligent, pretty talented. And, uh, you know, you know, generally things come, you know, learning, it seems to be straightforward, but radiology is one of these things that I just found it so difficult and it was just a really hard subject to start. So even for, for uh, the first year of my residency, I really just didn't know what was going on and it was really challenging. And that's kind of where a lot of this came from was uh, this desire to potentially start something you know, later on was just, just how difficult radiology is. 
I don't know if that you found that to be the case as well. Yes, especially you know for me with the podcast, it was more focused on interventional radiology. But uh, similar to you, the the idea was kind of hatched when I was a fellow, where the original idea was to to share information about devices and 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 t- um, procedures in yeah. in, a, in a in a way, some sort of virtual way online or via an app, and it kind of led into the podcast, which I didn't expect. But but yeah, similar like just being able to connect with people in a way that's not, yeah. you know, local and direct, you know, being able to connect with the, with people nationally and even, you know, globally, uh, it's pretty cool. And and so why did you choose YouTube? Yeah, YouTube, you know, I think, well, you know, honestly, it was really because I was using YouTube a lot. I, I found, you know, out of the social media sites, I was using YouTube the most. YouTube is amazing because you basically type in what you're, what you're trying to learn more about. And you find a lot of lectures. Now they're not all great, but um, when you watch a bunch, a bunch of them, and you can watch them at a, a faster speed, if that helps, you can learn a lot about different subjects. And for me at the time, as I was saying, you know, radiology being so difficult, I was learning obviously at residency, but I would always, I found the internet to be a little bit more straightforward because you could find kind of exactly what you're looking for. So I would, I would type a lot of my questions into YouTube, and I'd find a lot of interesting answers. Um, I'd find a lot of interesting lectures. I'd find lectures from people that weren't radiologists, but they're still talking about, you know, relevant diseases like, you know, orthopedic surgeons talking about knee conditions so I could understand how to interpret a knee MRI. So I just found that I was using YouTube a lot. So it just kind of made sense to use YouTube when I decided to start making um, some videos myself. Yeah, that's interesting. And and so when you were first using it, did you ever... I guess, w- w- were you thinking about promoting it so that more people could see it? Or did you just rely on YouTube's sort of algorithm itself for people to, to discover your channel? Mostly, mostly use the YouTube algorithm. I haven't really done any, any serious promotion. Pretty much, it's pretty much just basically posting the videos and, you know, seeing what goes. I, I did use Twitter a little bit to promote some videos. I guess uh, not like not uh, paying for that or anything, but basically just to use the Twitter as another place to post videos. But, but it's mostly, it's mostly just putting out videos and uh, yeah, seeing, seeing where it goes and kind of seeing where the interests are. So. Yeah. That shows how powerful YouTube itself is in terms of people typing in keywords and they, you know, they find your videos and how you've, you've just grown naturally and organically just, you know, through its own platform. It's pretty interesting because I know there's some other guys out there I was just talking to Srini Tumala the other day. He's down in Miami and he's, he started his own vascular channel and he's focused, uh, you know, mostly on teaching others about, uh, you know, his PAD work. Oh, and nice. so I know, I know he was very interested in like how, you know, one of his main questions is like how you built it, you know, how did you get more people involved? Um, and I, and obviously yours took, yours was more over a period of time, but I think a lot of it's just keywords, don't you, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I guess so. Keywords. I know there's a lot. I know there's a lot of writ- written about or discussed about, like, you know, getting optimizing the search functions and the keywords, and and putting in the right keywords or or hashtags. If some sometimes you can use hash, you can use hashtags. I, I think I think though honestly, I, I think it's a lot of it is just. I think a lot of it's repetition. I think mostly it's if you want to build a channel, whatever it is. I think posting regularly and often is probably the best way to, for it to really reach the most people because I think each, well, I, I think for a couple of reasons. I think one thing is, I'm sure when you, when you post a video, I think they do circulate it somehow. So they sort of, it, it, they sort of would naturally promote it. 
And then it also just gets more and more of your content out there. So it kind of gets in more people's heads and then it, it does sort of eventually find the right people. So I think a lot of it is volume. You have to put out a large volume of stuff and then the small fraction of it will stick, I think. Yeah, that's a great point. Because there's yeah, as long as there's something for everybody, right? Not everybody's going to like every post you make. Absolutely, absolutely. And, I, and, I, and the way I kind of think about that is actually, I, I, listen, I listen to a lot of music and stuff too. And if you look at, you know, some of the best, you know, artists, like, for example, rap, uh, it's a little older now, but, you know, for example, Drake, I used to listen to a lot of Drake. If you see what he does, I mean, he puts out maybe like, you know, 50 records and maybe two or three or four or maybe 10 of them are going to be hits. But, you know, a lot of them are going to be just, you know, songs nobody listens to. And I think that's the way I think about it is that when I post a video, I know it's probably not going to individually get much attention, but, you know, it's more about, I think, the process itself and just, you know, yeah, naturally, organically trying to build something, you know, create, creating content, you know, trying to think about that aspect of it, like creating the content. Right. And not shoving it down people's throats, which yeah. I think will rub people the wrong way too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think you let people find you, but you know, again, everybody does it differently. I think, I think certainly there's something to be said for, I mean, promotion works and, uh, you know, that, that's one way to get it through. If you really, if you can promote and you have a really great message, then sure. Go ahead and promote. I think, yeah, it depends on how serious you want to be about it too. You know? Yeah. 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 Well, I do want to talk about, you know, you, some, you know, the variety of your, of your videos, some, some are covering some are how to's, which are great how to's like there's a, you know, we've been using some of that of your material of your content for our uh, web app where we're trying to put stuff into procedure folders, you know, like how to place a portacath or how to place an IVC filter. And those are very useful, especially for trainees. But then you also cover, you know, practice building stuff, uh, teleradiology stuff, how to get a job, how to, there's a lot of diagnostic radiology topics. And so uh, my next question was, how do you come up with your topics? Yeah, yeah no, that's a great question. I was thinking about that just a few minutes ago, you know, cause yeah, cause topics are, it's kind of one of those things. Like if you, if you block off a day to work on, you know, whatever you're doing, like your, my channel or whatever you're doing. If I block off a day to sit down and work on it, you know, the topics never come. But to, to, I, the way I think the topics come is basically just the, the, the natural day, day to day, you know, basically whatever you're doing, I think the, the easiest way to translate it is just kind of take whatever it is that you're thinking about or working on in your head or in your professional, personal life and see if you can translate that into a video. And then of course, there's certain things that just stay with you. You know, there's like a narrative on something that you just can't get away from. Like for me, it was teleradiology was something I was thinking about for, for many years before I finally got a chance to sit down and talk about it. Yeah, I think, I think it's, it's writing stuff down, you know, it's hopefully recording stuff, you know, in the car is a great place where a lot of ideas come to me, at least personally, and then trying to find a way to record them. And, you know, if you have your phone on, you can always record voice messages to yourself in your phone. You know, there, there's always ways to record information down and, and keep it for looking at later. But yeah, I really try to just kind of use whatever it is that I'm doing and thinking about and kind of make that the topic. It's funny you say that because it, it reminds me of interviews with, you know, songwriters or musicians. You know, that's what they tend to do is, is they, they record their thoughts at the moment and then, you know, might re revisit it later. And I totally agree with you. I think it's the day to day where it pops in your brain and you just got to take the moment to write it down. Otherwise it could be lost forever. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I think there's definitely, there's some, a sense of urgency and kind of, I do notice, you know, a lot of the things I don't record, I'll be thinking about something pretty intensely. And then I know a week later, whatever I was thinking about is totally vanished. And 
you know, there's always, there's always opportunities to um, capture those moments. How much, how much time do you spend on editing your, your standard video, would you say? Yeah, 30 minutes to an hour. Yeah. Um, but I used to spend a lot longer. To, I, used to, I used to make more involved videos. Yeah. Not, uh, they're more shorter, but. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it seems like you probably put a lot of thought into it ahead of time as to what you're going to say. And, and it seems like it's well thought out ahead of time and not just like a stream of consciousness kind of thing. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. I kind of, I go, I've gone back and forth, but I started scripting more. Yeah. I've been using more scripts. So that, that definitely makes it more. That helps. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for those of us out in private practice, which find th these sort of alternative methods to, 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 to get information and, and, you know, kind of network and, and, uh, learn from our colleagues. Is there anything else, you know, cause we're not part of formal training programs. We're not in these academic centers where you're, you're constantly going to lectures and, and, and so forth. What do you think is the best way to learn new in information tips and tricks and stuff like that? You know, obviously conferences are a good source, but it's sometimes it's hard to go to conferences, especially nowadays. No, that's a, that's a good point. Yeah, no, con conferences are good. I think online is pretty good. I, I've, I've found, you know, Google searching, you, YouTube searching being pretty good. I think Twitter is, is pretty active. I think there's a lot of detractors on Twitter, but there's also, I do think there's a lot of good content on Twitter or there's people that you can find on Twitter that know about a subject area. For example, you mentioned PAD. I think that's something, some, some IRs know a lot about it and some IRs don't know anything about it. So for me... To, to learn more about it, I found on Twitter there were experts and they had ways of sharing what they knew. So, and then, you know, you can explore, you know, one person might have a Twitter feed, but they also might have videos or they might know other people that, you know, either post videos or other content. So you can, you can definitely find a lot of stuff, I think, through, you know, basically through the social media networks. I agree with you. Twitter Twitter's really become like a, this virtual edgy club for people around the world, which has been great. But yeah, there's, they're just like anywhere else. There's sometimes occasionally false information out there or people who are, you know, not so helpful, but yeah, I, I agree. I think, I think YouTube and Twitter are definitely top, you know, top the list in terms of additional resources, not just, not just to read about cases, but you know, to, to connect with people you know, and, and find people that can be helpful by a quick phone call, just being able to, yeah. you know, so that's, that's also been a nice resource. So I, I also noticed, you know, in terms of your content, some of your videos are kind of more, you know, public education or public facing, you know, for example, yeah, I think you had one that was early on those, you know, what is a radiologist, you know, what is an interventional radiologist? How have you felt, have, have those ever led to any kind of, have those helped you you know, market your clinical practice or have, have they led to referrals or anything like that? Yeah, no, I, I was, yeah, I was definitely, you know, I, earlier on, I was definitely interested in kind of explaining what it is a radiologist is, what it is that interventional radiologist is. Cause, cause as we know, IR is sort of a little bit is less, I, I don't know. It's just less known about. Um, I think, I think one, one person did describe to me that also that there's just less number of IRs if you're relative to say like cardiologists or interventional cardiologists. So so that's part of it, but it's, I think the awareness is growing. So, so part of me kind of wanted to just explain exactly what it is that IRs do. Yeah. As far as like referrals and stuff, I mean, I definitely get, you know, not so much lately, but I definitely have gotten emails before or messages uh, from patients looking for different, different types of treatment. And some people looking for um, information on back pain or 
you know, do you know anyone that can look at these x-rays or, you know, people, people sometimes needing procedures, often they're like pain procedures. So I tried to refer them to people that I knew in the geographic area they were, or reach out to people to see if they could talk to those patients. Yeah. Well, either way, I mean, at least you're helping them, you know, find, find their answers. And that's what I, that's what I noticed about some of these videos, even the technical ones, the how-tos, you know, how to play the place of podcast or IBC filter, you know, patients find that via their Google searches, and then it gives them more information about what their procedure is going to be like. And also, you know, they leave commentary like, Hey, this is exactly, you know, this is how it went. You know, it's helpful for other people who are, are looking for information and maybe a little bit scared before a procedure. So, you know, yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I think, I think it is nice for patients. You know, if I was going through a procedure, I would definitely, you know, probably YouTube it. And yeah, you can see what a port insertion is like, a filter is like. Yeah, I was hoping to do more of those. In the beginning, I was really interested in, you know, the actual procedure itself, like how to do them. And it's, and it's funny how that changes so quickly that at a certain point that just after you do enough procedures, that, that part, interest does go away. I, I remember, it, well, yeah, there's so time and labor intensive to put those videos together too, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, how, how much do you want to do it? I mean, you could, you know, really describe each step. And then, and then you know, also notice that a lot of people do this, do the procedures totally different. I've, I've seen actually on the port catheter, that's one of the more popular ones. I do get comments on that. And a lot of the comments are negative. A lot of the comments are, you know, right, right. this is not how you stitch a, a port. This is, you know, who, you know, this person doesn't know what they're doing. He's like, not true. I've worked with that guy for many years. He's very good. But that's the thing. It's just, there's, you see that there's a lot of, um, you know, different viewpoints as well, which is interesting to see. I think that's part of it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And so have you ever teamed, like, have you ever teamed up with industry or, or been approached by industry to help them do any kind of procedure videos or, or advertising or anything like that? No, I haven't really been approached by industry. One time at a, at a conference. I chatted with someone from like a filter manufacturer. They make filters and a couple other things. And they have mentioned that they'd seen my videos, but, but not, I've never been like proposed to, to work with them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I would potentially be open to that, but I, I kind of like also just kind of being independent too. And just, yeah. Of, yeah. Doing so, your thing. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, you do have a large following at this point, as I mentioned before, you know, well over 16,000 subscribers. Do you know the demographics of your followers or do you have, does YouTube provide any of those sort of analytics so that they're mostly trainees or obviously they're mo- probably mostly physicians, but do, do you know, do you have any insight on that? Yeah. You know, the YouTube analytics get that you don't get anything really that detailed, at least, at least from what I look at. I don't, I don't know that's as, yeah, basically you don't get anything really detailed, like exactly what they do. You get right. big things like, you know, gender, um, age. And then location, which a lot of people end up being a lot of people from India watch the channel, which I think is interesting. But yeah, you don't really get to know exactly what it is they do. I do notice from some of the comments, which I guess that'd be another subset of the people that are watching, but the comments tend to be, I think, from students and trainees. And then a lot of young people, I think, that are interested in like careers, like what type of career they want. Right. So, so I think. I think there's a younger set there, but then, like I said, you get to see the ages. So I know there's some older people too, which may, may be patients. What equipment do you usually use? Uh, that's my other question. I'm, you know, I, I was talking to a buddy of mine yesterday who's talking about starting his podcast and that was like his main question is like, what kind of equipment he needs? And, you know, we, we tend to send these little mic, I'm, I'm just using a blue, uh, blue snowball mic that I've always used. It's about 45 bucks. Yeah. But what do you usually use? 
No, kind of, you know, I've been using, I had this MacBook Pro since 2014. I've been kind of using that. Yeah. I use uh, that hospital issued iPhone. I like using that because the camera's pretty good. Yeah. I find the microphone on there is pretty good too. So, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. yours come out really well. I mean, really, it, it just speaks to the fact that you really don't need any fancy equipment. You know? I, think, well, I think that's the thing. Again, you know, like I said, I, I see some of these posts and people say, you know, but I just like they, they come up with a lot of things to do before they get to the point of doing what it is, because that is a tough thing. You know, like you said, buying the mic is, is pretty easy, but, you know, talking to it, that's the hard part, you know, and that's right. the, yes. then, it, you know, it's obviously going to be tough. Yeah. Yeah. And so where do you see, uh, your channel in three to five years? Do you, do you still, do you feel like you still have the energy and passion for it that you did when you first started and that, and you think that'll carry you forward? Yeah, no, that's a great point. No, I think, I think definitely some of the energy does die down and then, you know, life, life gets a little bit busier, but I think there is always time. I think there are ways to fit it in. And, and then, yeah, I think that the channel can evolve. I'm always interested. I, I see other people's channels and I see them growing. I see what they do with it. So it gives me ideas. I think there, I, I hope, I would hope there's continued, there's some continued steady growth, I think in the channel, which hopefully would, would definitely would continue. And I'd like to see if I could push myself to just create more steady content. I found that when I was actually in private practice, uh, you know, versus currently being kind of an, an employee, I mean, private practice, I felt that I had more to say and in the mornings, especially. So I would have kind of an organic way to produce content, you know, especially in the mornings, just kind of recording my thoughts into the phone. I find that lately I don't have the same thing, which, you know, who knows why, but it would be nice to, to start to get back into that. We're just kind of recording more, not so much how-tos, but kind of more just the, you know, goings-on of a radiologist or the lifestyle of an interventional radiologist and those sorts of things. I, yeah. I think that's a place for growth, yeah. Yeah, I, I think you bring up a good point in terms of, you know, this being really a passion project and and, and any passion project's going to, just like our, our you know, day-to-day jobs are going to have its, its ups and downs. But, you know, I do think that it's important to, have something like this to, to kind of, you know, at least connect with other like-minded people like yourself. And, and I think that things like the projects like this do help prevent burnout and discontent, even when you're, you know, maybe your job is, you know, lately not as uh, exciting or, you know, or you're in a lull or whatnot, but to have something on the side to kind of put some energy, positive energy into, I think definitely helps. Yeah, I definitely, I, I felt earlier on, and I think all physicians, there is some, there is something to like, you do owe the public something. I think you work for the public and as a sense, as a physician, and there's a public health aspect of it. I think you do owe people some understanding of what it is that you do because, because you have the, I mean, physicians are skilled people. We have skills, we can share things, we can communicate effectively. And, and you know, the tools are there, you know, the microphone is right there. The, the cameras are right there in our, in our pockets. So I think we do owe it to people to, you know, let them know what, what's going on. And I know there's a lot of interested people. I know, I, I know what, when I post videos as, as uh, minute as they may seem, but they, they do touch people and people do contact and say, Hey, that, that helped me. So there's people out there. They want to know what doctors do. They want to know what interventional radiologists do. I think, I think we do have to push ourselves to put the stuff out there. Yeah. The video or if, you know, podcasting is, I think a really nice medium where it's it's more of a stream of consciousness, and you can just let loose. I think that's a great I think that's a great uh, technique and way to do it. Um, I, I think engaging others as you're doing is awesome because 
you know, you know, the, between two people, you can get a lot of content out there. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, well, I, I just am also grateful that I've got guys like Chris and Michael who also share the, the interest to yeah, um, yeah. spread the word and, and, you know, and then obviously all of our guests who've been, you know, willing to take the time to come on the show like yourself. And like I said, I was just looking at your channel again, and, and you've got over 2 million views of your videos, which is really amazing, you know, for, for radiology. And so I hope you continue it and anything, any words to the wise or advice for anybody out there who's, you know, maybe think of starting to do something like this. Yeah, I think, I think people should, you know, just, I think people just take the plunge. Uh, I, I follow some, um, Facebook groups and I see, you know, it's, it's a Facebook group for people that are interested in like, you know, passion projects or things outside of medicine even. And they, they often say, I want to, I want to start a blog or I want to start a, uh, a video, a, a YouTube channel, or I want to start this or that. And then before they start, they think they need to, you know, meet with a lawyer or write up all these things. And, you know, maybe some of those things might be necessary, but I think a lot of it is rather than think of reasons to get in the way of what you're trying to do, I think you have to just kind of do it. And, you know, you have to just kind of start and you probably will unfortunately fail a few times, maybe several times. And I think there is some fear there for a lot of people that they want to start something without sure, sure how, or they may fail. But I, I would really say that my word of encouragement is basically just do it, you know, just do it, start. And yeah, maybe even fail, you know, try to get to that point of failure quick. So, you know, you learn your lessons and you can kind of move forward from there because, um, I think a lot of people are in the mode of they want to do something, but they just, just can't push themselves to start. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think, I think just getting past that. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, Hey, uh, thank you so much again for coming on the show. I think this will be really helpful. And again, is, is, is great connecting with you and. You know, for those that, that uh, are not familiar with the YouTube channel, basically just go to youtube.com and it's Sorel, Sorel Gar MD. And if you just type that in, I think that should be the easiest way to find it, right? Yeah. Yeah. That, that or a Google search of the name, but yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sorel Gar MD slash Sorel Gar MD, you should put okay. them there. So, all right. Yeah, well, thank you for having me on the channel. No, thanks for asking such great questions. And no, yeah, I definitely would, we, we can chat again because I've certainly got a lot of questions for you and all the things you do as well, but maybe another time. Well, thanks again, man. And for everybody, again, if you want to find any of our previous episodes, just go to, uh, you can find it on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, pretty much every podcast platform I think we've gotten uh, the, the podcast onto. And you can also just check it out at backtable.com. We've got a new web app right now that's got a whole list of over 30 procedures with some uh, device information on there. There's a lot of uh, articles and uh, videos that that'll help you if, if you're looking for information on a, on a specific procedure. So thanks again, guys, and we'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.